Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? Hello, friends. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Yellow Pill Podcast. This is Season 8, Episode 3, and it's your host, co-host, Wale, as always. In this episode, we spoke about Islam, about one's journey through Islam, and specifically we spoke about the common and core spiritual themes that characterize the different systems of Islam and Christianity. Now, in doing so, we aim to cover what the world could learn from the pillars of Islam. You know, we all grew up in interfaith. Well, not maybe not all of us, but we did. Toby and I grew up in interfaith cities, and we thought it was a good idea to discuss how we managed relationships despite the bridges of our religions. Other areas we covered in the episode were things along the lines of how relationships are presentation online, how we practice gratitude in our faiths, and how we tackled stereotypes of our religions. And we're joined by Yetunde, an old friend of mine. Um, Yetunde grew up in Lagos, but now I'm based in Canada. And we hope as you listen, it helps transform your experience of the world as it did for us. Enjoy. I think I like to start episodes now by asking guests um, when I when I sent you the first message about coming on the podcast like what were your thoughts at that point and like what did you think about the podcast in itself as well yeah so i have been following the podcast i mean not so consistently because like, i'm very bad but <laughs> i know that you guys talk about like serious life issues things that people can relate with we've spoken about the whole age i think it was one about aging about the 20s that went on for a while and it just it made me say, like, yes, I'm going to get to speak my mind. So <laughs> hear me. No, but not in that way, but basically, like, I'm going to get to share knowledge. That was what came to my mind. And that's, like, something I love doing. And I'm just, like, getting to more. So the fact that, because your, your, your podcast is actually, like, a very educative one. And I love that it's comes from a realistic aspect as well. So that for me was kind of very important as like a platform for, for you and also for me, like a spring for me as well to just like put my mind out there. And the fact that you also chose that topic was was even more important for me because I mean, I'm a Muslim and I wasn't always the way I have been today or sorry, the way I am today, but it was all about God. But I've always wanted to like share how I got there with people because people don't understand a lot of like the things that go on around it. They just, mm. you know, Nigerians and their different perceptions and stereotypes and all that. So, mm. yeah, I was really happy. And I, I probably danced a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. no, that's, that's good to hear. And obviously, thanks for the compliments that were in there. I think when I hear educative, I'm always surprised a bit. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I think Daniel, Daniel last week, Daniel too, said, 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 so I said Daniel, sorry, David. Yeah. David said the same thing last week as well, educated. And I thought, huh. And the funny thing is that when you mentioned that, me and Toby have spoken about where do we sit in terms of how the audience perceives podcasts? Um, are we more entertainment, educative, or are we like infotainment or edutainment, those new buzzwords mm. that you mix it together? But I think we're, we're always like trying to avoid that ed- educate, educative vibe because we thought, yeah, we don't want to try and be imposing, you know, thoughts on people, et cetera, et cetera. But I think eventually, I think that's what eventually comes across. And I think what I'm beginning to realize now is that if someone says educative, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're coming on here to, to espouse, yeah. espouse yeah, the Ten yeah. Commandments. No, yeah. It just means that even if you can relate to an experience and it makes you 
um, shift your thinking mm-hmm. or remember mm-hmm. something that you want to remember yeah. it's still a way of reforming yourself which is education as well yeah. so yeah i, I appreciate like, that um, like well, it's like, a, like an eye-opener i'll put it mm. that way an eye-opener and then it reminds you of something that you didn't even think yeah that happens this happens mm-hmm. to me it's all normal we're all living the same life yeah okay. uh awesome awesome yeah. and of course for the topic um yeah i think what we've done as well is in the last three seasons i've been to bring up something religious in every season um and oftentimes well not oftentimes the last three times we've done it We've done it across different spectrums. So on one end, we, be, we spoke to an atheist or an agnostic atheist, um, specifically two seasons ago. And last last season, we spoke to a pastor, um, but we spoke on the idea of um, more of apathy towards religion in in a sense. And I thought we should continue that trend, but probably this time shift towards another religion, which very very dominant in the world is, is islam and i think when i thought about it toby said that i should bring on somebody who you know we know mm. because we can actually then channel our experience with that person too and i said mm. okay fine and when as soon as i said that, i think bam 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 was easy i just thought about you straight away as well and when you mentioned um, the stereotypes around Islam, which we will obviously get to later. You mentioned you said Nigeria. I just I laughed inside because I was like, it's not only Nigeria. It's like <laughs> it's like the entire the entire world, the entire um universe. And um, we create these stereotypes and stuff. Um, but speaking about how you got um, because I think you mentioned you said your journey in Islam. Some you mentioned you mentioned a word that signified a journey, and I know as a religion as an identity for anybody. It's often about you either you get into it either because you ascribed that religion from birth, you began to declare yourself as that, or you just grew into it as your adult life emerged. Um, and this is a story that I don't know, so I'm actually eager to hear it. But what is your journey into um, Islam and how has that been like? <clears throat> so I'll start with I did grow up in Islam, like. Most Muslim, um, my mom was a Muslim, my dad was a Muslim, but my dad wasn't like a, they were not like street Muslims. I mean, my mom didn't cover her head, my dad, but they prayed, they prayed five times daily, but that was most of about it. We didn't even, you know, most Nigerians on Sundays or Saturdays would go to like something they call an asala to like a Muslim gathering on weekends. We never even went for that. My mom, my mom was actually like a mix of Muslim and she just had this. She had this superstitious belief. It was for the Lord. She was actually, in fact, I would say she was even more into that. But not like that, but just, just like superstitious beliefs so, of, you know, be careful, evil eyes and all those things. But yeah, from there, yes, I was a Muslim, but obviously I wasn't praying. I was just Muslim. Like, honestly, at that time, that was when, when we were young, being a Muslim was like, you'd be shy to say that because you were viewed as, it was just viewed as like the lesser religion. I mean, Christianity, as we know it in Nigeria, a lot of years ago, many years ago, was more popular and more appealing. I'll put it that way. It was more appealing at that time. So then you'd be shy in primary school, but yes, they don't ask me. I went to primary, I'm a Christian primary school. They never did, they never did Muslim prayers. So I didn't know much about anything. Apart from what I saw at home, but I wasn't praying at home. My parents enforced me. Um, and I went to secondary school and secondary school was where I started actually getting introduced to 
when you're Muslim. Mm. So I read on Fridays, there was actually like provisions for Muslims to go to the mosque to go pray after school. In fact, school would end, um, would end like maybe 30 minutes before or some minutes before. I mean, some teachers would not care because they would keep going on and on, which honestly, now I realize that was just me. <laughs> but that would, so that would go. So, I mean, at first I was going because everybody's going. I mean, it was like a community, honestly. The Muslim community in secondary school was together. I didn't have many friends in secondary school. Secondary school was not something I love to, to remember in my life. But the part about going to the mosque and learning about Islam was fun for me because it just felt like a community. I've always been someone that I'm not really good at. I mean, I may have a lot, people say I have a lot of friends, but I am still like, I love being in my shell, that kind of thing. But mm. it would always bring me out. And then when it's time for one Islamic event or another, I'm always happy to go. Let's go. <laughs> so every Friday, I never miss going to the mosque. I love the togetherness of like praying. I mean, I say praying them Fridays only. <laughs> And then so, but yeah, the togetherness, the, the fact that people took it so serious. You have to, when you're praying, you have to focus. Don't disturb me when I'm praying. Everybody face your front and mm. stay like this. It was just like there was just this togetherness I loved about it. And I guess because at home it was just it was me for like the first six years. So like I said, I was just used to be by myself. So it was me coming out a little bit. And then from there, I started praying in the mornings at home because my mom actually started making me pray in the mornings. So I had that one was consistent. But I mean, I still didn't understand the meaning as because I mean the parents would like explain to you, the only just okay, Muslim, do it. Yeah. So but as time progressed, <clears throat> excuse me, making my GSS3, my IRS teacher then was a little more involved in our I won't say personal lives, but just in our Islamic knowledge. So it was a bit more engaging. So I started picking up a little bit, just a little bit, but still wasn't different. Just praying in the morning. And I continued the Friday going to the mosque until my, I think it was senior school, either um, SS2 or SS3. My IRS teacher then was dead interested. I won't say fully in the personal part as well, but he wanted to know where are you in your Islamic life? What Mm. don't you know? So this is what you're learning. You're learning this, you're understanding. I think the only reason I had that opportunity was because that man's class was probably the highest number of students ever had was probably like five. <laughs> <laughs> wow. so, and I think I, I think necessarily I was probably even the only student if possible. So he mm-hmm. had enough time for me. I learned the, that was it was necessary. I actually learned the meaning of my Muslim name, Weber, which means love. And that even made ah. me fall in love more. I was like, okay, so I have a nice name like this. And my princess because we get today. Really? <laughs> 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 I mean. So from there, I mean, I started learning a lot. I learned about the pillars of faith, the articles of faith, the meanings. I mean, the man was actually the reason I started. I think at the point I stopped praying. Like, I was praying in the morning, but I didn't understand. But I started praying more in the morning, like understanding what I was praying. And then I started attempting to pray like the other, because we have five daily prayers. I started attempting mm. to pray the other prayers. I mean, I wasn't consistent because it was like, I'm tired today, man. I can't do this. But I'm kind of like, yes. <laughs> so it actually did help the money was i mean it was i can never forget that man he was like he was short and really nice man very chatty but like we were no sorry we were doing <laughs> the, the yoruba version yeah <laughs> and i'm like oh my god so I don't disgrace me. <laughs> 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 i just i mean i just got used to it but yeah so that was how i started getting into it a lot more hmm. um so uni uni i continued to adjust my money prayers. Today I decided to pray three prayers. Tomorrow I decided to pray five. 
next day probably nothing just the morning but the morning prayers were always consistent mm. and i had some knowledge already and i started to learn some of our verses in the quran yeah and that would make me feel you know so um uni i mean no muslim community there was, there was school there was like school muslim community but i didn't join that one it was just me so i kind of started self-teaching myself and imposing myself in environments where i would learn that makes sense I would go to the mosque, they would have like some small sub-organizations within the like major Muslim um, community in the school. And I would go for maybe one or two events, not all. Um, excuse me. I would go for one or two events. I would listen, think by myself. So one thing again was I never let people tell me, I mean, people will tell you this is how you're supposed to do, this is how you're supposed to do it, but if you, I realized that if you listen to too many people, if you listen to them, they would actually scare you out of the religion because people have, half of these people don't know what it actually is. They're just saying what they've also heard without research. So I would go, I would listen. <clears throat> some I would listen to, some I would not. I mean, that's called like selective practice. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it was my way of my way of progressing. I took my mm. time. Mm. So I lost my mom in 2011. That was my second year, and. That one, actually, something happened to me for like a whole year. I could not be alone for like a whole year. It was horrible. But slightly before then, she had gone for Hajj. She had gone to Mecca. And she came back very religious. She started covering her head and everything. Although when I did ask her when she came back, if I could cover my hair like that, she was like, no, you're not ready. And I mean, when I think of it today, now I'm mm. like, yeah, I know. So I you're not ready. And I was like, yeah, she said I wasn't ready. And I was like, why would you say I'm not ready? I mean, I mean, who's everybody's covering their heads? And second, everybody's covering their heads. And they're thinking I'm a joke, like you're not a Muslim, you know. I mean, because within the Muslim community, you also have people looking at you like you're not yeah. mm-hmm. So I'm like, I want to come home. She's like, nope. Keep going <laughs> about your life, keep being a silly girl you, you've always been, but you're not ready. And so I just said, No, I'm not ready. Let me just keep enjoying my life. So I lost her. Yeah. So I lost her and the whole the one year, the one year from her death till I mean one year after that basically. It was hard for me. I mean, you can imagine it was a parent. But I had my dad. My dad also was he used to pray, but I think that was just it for him as well. He wasn't deep into it like that either. Mm. So it was my mom that was the, the main Muslim now after she came back from Hajj. But when she died, it was like something just, you know, it was a twist. And you know the way human beings also are. Mm. Something has happened. You get influenced by something from the person you lost life. Something you're like, what was that person doing that you loved so much? To carry and on, I yeah. knew that, yeah. So first, oh, I'm not wearing that. There was this bracelet she used to wear that had like this prayer thing on it. Mm. I stole that one first because I'm eyeing it. Also, <laughs> yeah, like prayer on it. Then um, I started. I decided by myself. I just decided. You know what? I'm going to pray because I couldn't be alone for a year. I couldn't sleep by myself. I couldn't even take a shower by myself. Someone had to always be. Me. Mm. And I couldn't find a way to fix it. Trying to see a therapist, oh, wow. it didn't work. Mm. But I started like saying, you know what? My mom wouldn't have been scared. Because I mean, when I was younger, you know, when we were younger and be scared of something, my mom would be like, Did you kill the person? Why are you scared? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I didn't kill anybody. I didn't do anything. I'm not really scared. So I started praying. I mean, it wasn't easy because you go out sometimes. You're still, I'm still in that, um, I would say, that phase of. Islam is not that appealing. So I couldn't like mm. pray anywhere. So mm. I would be piling up prayers that I'm supposed to pray at two o'clock and four o'clock. It would be stressful by my mind. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather do this than not be out at all. So I started learning the importance of it to be. I mean, I won't tell you that I knew everything yet then, 
but it just started progressing and I started putting myself in like Islamic communities or Islamic um, events. I started learning more. And so I think from my fourth or fifth year, I actually even gave myself this thing that every single year I would learn one or two new things in the religion or I would pick up a new practice. Just something must improve every year because otherwise, what am I doing? So um, I started joining, going to seven comments, like I said. And I don't know, I can't, like, honestly, I can't even explain the, the, the couple of years that followed. Well, all I know is one day I just woke up and realized I couldn't do it without praying. One day I realized that I would put myself out there and decide to like pray. I'll be in my friend's house and I'll say, I want to pray. Uh, hmm. And I probably, you get, I want to pray. And she'll be like, oh, maybe they are giving, like, I'll be like, well, I'm not ashamed. I want to pray. Do you have a space for me? Do you have a scarf? But when it was becoming like too much for me, I would actually plan myself, plan my scheduling around that, that. I would be able, yeah. So now it's basically the prayer. The prayer is always on the schedule. It's for me to not walk around that. And that's mm. basically how it still is for me today. And I, I'm going to tell you that I'm still learning, honestly. I'm still learning, but I am definitely not where I was before because I'm doing way more than a simple Muslim, I would say. Mm do it but probably going more into that because you have the articles of this and all that but that's kind of like the journey it was just like progressive progressive to the catalyst and then more yeah yeah now that's um that's remarkable because i think even your mom's influence clearly shows in 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 how you navigated the earlier phases because mm. i think it's one of the things where when your parents are always there to push you to do something um because because you're used to them pushing you to do it, you either go ahead or you just rebel against it because it's just always there I mean, in some cases. Yeah. But I think like when, if you lose them, you almost get to the point where the pain of that makes you just remember everything they want you to do. And mm-hmm. at that point, it's, there's, it's now in like a non-negotiable f- for yourself, exactly. you know, like, nope. Um, but I think one thing that struck me which I thought we'd go into later, but I just think I'll bring that up now, is when she said you're not ready to to wear a hijab. And do you know why she said so? And do you know what that means now that you're older? Yeah, yeah. So I think because, I mean, they've all been young before. They've all been where we've been before. I think she knew that I wouldn't be able to handle the attention, the questions, the... Right. Um, like, I don't want to call it betrayal, but like betrayal within the community of people saying, you are not a Muslim, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. Because when you're covering your head, people expect that you're doing every single thing that a Muslim must do, which honestly, no Muslim alive today, apart from the Muslim, is doing that. Any, I mean, well, I'm not saying nobody's close to perfect, but it's not that easy. Do you understand? There's a lot from the most minute thing to the largest responsibility, it's that difficult. But then because I was young, the environment that we were in, I mean, we're in Lagos, Nigeria. Do you understand? Mm. And she, she grew up in Lagos, Iran. So she's already used to, you know, people, mm. you know, people speak, they don't have control of how they speak. They just lay it on you like that. So blunt. And their mind, they just, you know, they just been um, honest. Honestly, mm. it's just life. And she knew also that because I was like a shy kid. I was I was being bullied. I was I was just I was I was I was like a weakling. So she just knew I could not handle it. 
Like she knew I had enough for my plan. She knew I was not ready. And mm-hmm. honestly, I still thank her for that tomorrow because if I had started that, I might not be where I am today. I might have seen the religion in a different way because I would have gone a different path thinking, yeah, I'm covering my head now. So I know mm-hmm. much. So why not follow those that, you know, I wouldn't have been open to learning more and understanding why some things are the way they are. And the fact that some people actually just twist words out of the Quran to, you know, impose on other agenda. People. Yeah. Exactly. So that was, I think she was protecting me from just all that. And I actually, yeah. it's just sad that I saw that later. Because then I was like, I'm mean, supposed to be mm-hmm. doing this, mm. you know, but yeah, it's just very glaring now. So, mm. so from my, 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 from my POV, and I think, from looking at everything that's come to my mind, whenever I've encountered Muslims, either as a conversation or just as you walking you walking past somebody who's a Muslim, but yeah. um, particularly again staying on topic of the hijab of the dress, and I know mm-hmm. there's there's different variations that I've seen, and Toby, maybe you tell me your experience as well. Um, there's you obviously see whether you're in Niger here, you obviously see women who wear the hijab. Right, and you or you see women who wear just a scarf, right? Just a scarf, and then maybe on the other hand, you may see women who wear the is it called a niqab? The one that the one that that goes all through, um, yeah, yeah, that just leaves your your eyes only visible. The pro, it's like the pro that women they call them women in pro, um, I can't remember the specific word, but yeah, they're just women in pro, yeah, yeah. So I've seen different versions, and I think from my Point of view i've always just assumed again or well as a guess i've always thought okay like are these different levels of their spiritual journeys or is there a cultural um definition that adds to what those dressings um look like because even in niger as well we have women of different yeah who, different who have levels different, of coverings yeah coverings yeah. you know toby did you ever have those thoughts as well <clears throat> um not 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 particularly also because um grew up i won't say in the muslim community but obviously southwest nigeria you're kind of like it's almost like a 50 50 sort of balance in most ways and we did have family friends that that were muslim i think i was just always curious as to you know i think i always knew it was a bit of a personal choice for some people because even within the muslim community that i was there were people that were a bit more religious than others I think that's how I saw it about maybe the how religious they wanted to be upfront about their faith. And so because, you know, you and it's almost similar. I think I saw similarities within, you know, being Christian as well, because some Christian women would wear trousers, others wouldn't and things like that. So I just I just mapped that onto sort of like, you know, when it comes to dressing and things like that, like what they would choose to wear and what they wouldn't. Um, and I know I think at some point when you're about to either you're engaged to be married or something is when most of them is when a section of them will cover or like you can only see the, their face, like including gloves and socks and everything. Like no part of your skin should be visible until like you're in your husband's house. So I, I I didn't know the specifics, but I know there was always like a marriage um undertone within some of it as well. Um, but yeah, for me, I I just always saw it as either different levels of of preference in terms of how much you wanted to you know be into your faith that way, or you know maybe culturally as well is how I saw it. So you saw it as more a case of personal choice. I I often assumed yeah. it was a some level of hierarchical level for some reason. Um, <laughs> yet today, what is what is the reality? First of all, no, <laughs> the hierarchical level one is. I think that's the newest one I've heard. <laughs> so the yeah. thing about Islam is there's a lot of cultural Arab cultural influence. 
which mm. people mistake for what we're supposed to do. People mistake it. In fact, that's one of the major problems in Muslim because people take Arab culture and impose it saying this is what you're supposed to do. Mm. However, the Quran does say cover your head. It also says cover your, you know, cover your chest, but it doesn't tell you to cover your eyes and it just says cover your head, cover you know parts that would seem to maybe. Sorry, question: Does it say head or hair? I think it says hair. Hair? No, it I, be this, hair. I'm just I'm just curious. Is no, it no, head, no, no. It head, says hair. Hair. So, which is why when you see okay. someone with a small scarf to cover their hair, that is actually a must. Mm. You don't have, but well, I mean, so some others go as far as just you know putting it like this and then wearing. Which is also part of it, honestly, because you're supposed to be buttoned. I mean, and you all and the Quran does explain it in a way that if I mean, if you you know you're busty, mm, cover up. And mm. if you're not busty, I mean, yeah. point is just be covered up, but don't. You don't. It never said keep your eyes open, and mm. it never said the ones that open this ones are for the ones that use small scarves are for this level or whatever. It's yeah. all cultural shock. Shock. Just cover your hair and be decent. Basically, it's just decent. Right. Mm. And do the men have any um dressing inferences as well? Yes, actually. They're supposed to be decent as well. You're not supposed to crunch your abs and arms or whatever. <laughs> you say abs. You will not remember to t- yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be decently dressed. You're not supposed to plant anything because the whole point is not to entice the other gender. So like yeah. for for those who cover their head and probably this is last now ask on this. Um is it a case of just um, no exposure to the public? I mean, like, how does it work at home? So basically, someone, whoever you cannot get married to is who mm. you should be covered around. Any mm. other person, as long as you're within your home, you take it off. Because mm. these women, trust me, we, they wear shorts in their house with their fathers or with their husbands. And it's the truth. Yeah. You get. But yeah, it's just within the home. But once they're outside, they're covered. Okay. So I want to go on to a point of um, there's, there's this concept of interfaith. And I think when you watch um, maybe debates or debates on religion or you watch like um, conferences or just or panel discussions where you have religious people come together and, and, and speak, but speak towards the practical way of living and learning from each other, um, something comes up in this interfaith um, idea and it's that Across, you know, different religions, there is some components that, you know, either in discussion or these panels or conferences or thought leaders or even in a biblical text, whatever, there's some components that we share. And I probably want to highlight some of them and ask, um, you know, how that looks like from the Islam point of view. So I think first thing I'm going to ask is like, there's the idea of direct, direct connection with the creator. You know, and where we just acknowledge that there's a, there's a universal presence, you know, that that of, of of a creator that we all have, and that we should have this intimate connection with the creator. You know, how does that look like from an Islam point of view? Hmm. I think this goes back to the pillars of faith, right? And that being actually the number one um, pillar of faith being. Um, how many pillars are there? Five? They're five. Yeah. yeah, they're five. And the first one goes, I think that has to do with the Shahada. That's where you're professing that you accept that Allah is the one and only God and that 
you know, Prophet Muhammad is also his messenger. It's like the major difference between Islam and any other religion. Um, you're acknowledging that he's the creator of heaven and earth. You're acknowledging that he has no son. He's not a father. He's just a being. He's a God. Right. He has no children, no offspring. And so relating to the intimacy of it, starts from there you have to acknowledge to believe you have to accept that that is it because like i said that's the difference between islam and any other religion and then you move forward to prayer so prayer is like acknowledging the first one and then giving you the avenue to talk to this creator if we're looking at it the way it should be every time you're reciting it you're talking to your god you're saying you know god of the world creator of heaven and earth You've done this, you've done that. And I'm giving you like the layman English terms of what we're saying when we're praying. Mm. And then you're going further to, to ask for forgiveness after. You're basically, because you're acknowledging him, you're saying the things he's created. Then you're going, you're mentioning, you know, asking for forgiveness. And then you're asking for what you want. You're speaking to him. It's our way. And there's this thing in Islam as well. Um, we believe that you're actually the closest to God when you're, because when we're praying, we have a position called the sujud. That's when your head is on the floor. Yeah. That is actually when we, we believe we are the closest to God. Right. And it's even believed that basically any prayer said at that point, will, not that any prayer, any prayer said at any other point will be acceptable. And that's the closest you are, you are to him. So that's even when you should even take your time and see what you want, you know, talk to him where you, 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 know, you want to. But that's actually our way of intimacy with our God, our way of speaking to him and having that time. That is when it comes in. So, but it has to well, it's not the one one pillar thing. That's the, all pillars are actually interconnected. So you have to believe number one before you can do number two. Right. And number two is where the intimacy per se comes. But number one is understanding that this is this is why I'm going to do this because there's just one God, because He's the creator of heaven and that you know, and that's just it. And the other pillars also follow as well. So what are the other three? Um, you have fasting, which most people know as a Ramadan, it happens um, once a year, it's a 30 day fast, um, but that's actually not the only fast that we do. We have other voluntary fasts in between. I'm not sure there's any other mandatory, but that one is actually mandatory, which is why it's the most popular one. It's also another way of intimacy with God because it's, we see it as an opportunity to cleanse ourselves of basically all the sins and all the, you know, all the bad things that you put in your ear. <laughs> oh yeah but it's a way to cleanse yourself to get closer to god it's like a free avenue to ask for anything you want because that month is so pure that prayer i would say i don't say all prayers but basically prayers get answered if you know how to use the month properly and it gives you more intimacy at least for me it's giving me it's a, like we look i look forward to the month every year so that's how important it is it gives you this intimacy, this cleanliness. It's like you're renewing yourself and you always get closer to God every time you go to that month. And then you have the um, zakat. Zakat is the alms giving. I think that's what you give. I think it's about 2.5% of your wealth. Um, so the, the main purpose of zakat is for you to, for you to help others in the Muslim community. Not saying that you shouldn't give other people that are not Muslims, obviously, but you should also try and endeavor to even give more that are Muslims because it's teaching you to help others 
to help your community to grow, make them better, because that's the whole point. It's also teaching you to be kind. Um, and going back again to the past, sorry about that, but I forgot to mention that it's also teaching you to understand the pain that people that do not have what you have are going through. We have right. people on the road that are homeless, that go hungry for weeks. You have food on your table every day. He wants you to understand, which also links it now to Zakat, which is the third one. They're the fourth one. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, which links you back to Zakat, which reminds you that, you know what, in Ramadan, I, I did, we went through this fasting, and I remember that this is how they feel when they don't have food. So now I'm going to give and help them so that they would have food because the pain, because, I mean, I don't know if you go, you fast a lot or if you fast at all. It's not easy. It can be quite frustrating. Like you have to be taking ice cream and stuff beside you, and you're just like, "Oh God, I can't wait! I can't wait to break my fast." So you get to break your fast and eat. Some people don't get to eat even when they break their fast. They can't even access water. So Zakat is telling you, you know what? You fasted. I'm reminding you now that people are going through what you went through during the month of Ramadan. So now I want you to give, give people, let them have, you know, let them have a better life. And then you have pilgrimage, which, which is compulsory also for every Muslim if you can afford it, because. So what's the last one? Pilgrimage. Um, pilgrimage. Hajj. Pilgrimage, right, 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 right. Yeah, and that's also compulsory for every Muslim. I mean, the pill- all pillars are compulsory. So have you ever been? Hajj. No, actually, I haven't, but I plan, to, I plan to go soon. So the thing is that God also understands that you might not have, like, resources to take yourself there, which is what also will bring me to mention that Islam, is a, Islam also deals a lot with intention. Your intention really, really matters. And it's so good that you might be Thinking of committing a sin, change your mind, and you don't do anything at all. It would be written down for you as a good deed, even though you intended bad. Mm. And it also goes the other way as well, because you're intending for what you're intending to do something good, and you then maybe end up acting bad. The good intention is actually written down for you as good as well. Mm. But the bad will not be written. I mean, do you understand? Mm. The fact that you're thinking about it is good enough. So it's a good deed. So yeah, it's written down. Um, so yeah, pilgrimage, if you have the resources, you go. If you don't, you know, there are other ways of I think making up for it, but I can't really remember right now. But those are those are like the five five pillars of Islam. So back to your question. <laughs> back to your question, which I think um was in with intimacy, right? So all these pillars are very important and it basically identifies you as a Muslim. Yeah. Acknowledging yeah. these pillars says yes this person is a muslim because you have some people that say they are muslim but they don't believe in some of these things or they don't they don't fast during ramadan or they will tell you i'm a muslim but i'm also a christian nope (laughs) that's why the pillars are there to basically establish that this is what it is that's how we exercise our intimacy with family you know like we all grew up in I mean, by we all, I mean, us three on this conversation, we all grew up in places and cities that had a multitude, well, not multitude, but a variety of religions. Um, most popular were, were, were Islam and Christianity. And one thing that always I found interesting at a very early age was the, how we bridged our, our relationships with, how we bridge our relationship despite our religions. And I say that because um, we have this, we have my mom, well, my mom had this friend who obviously then became family friend because of their families. And I know like when I was younger, um, maybe like before 10, we'd go to their house on some days, play a game and eat whatever. And 
And I think when we went to the house one time on a Sunday, and and I was like, oh, like how come they didn't go to church? Or I asked they go to church. And I was like, oh, they're Muslims and everything. And I thought, oh, so we can be friends with Muslims. That that's what I thought. <laughs> I, that's that that that's first that came to my head at that point. I think I was probably even into primary school, so probably like even early. But n- not not friends with Muslims. Like like I wasn't friends with Muslims in my class. But obviously at that age, I don't think I was deep in religion when I was what mm-hmm. eight, and eight and primary three or four. Um, but just knowing that you you have a mom who talks a lot about Christianity, mm-hmm. and and then you know she wakes up on Sunday to go to church, and 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 even though, even though you're like lazy to go on, as a kid, you have no choice because your mom says you have to go to church, and you go along, and then you listen to the word even though it's a children's church or whatever. And then, you know, a different day, you're going for a party and it's like a Ramadan party with your, with your mom. And uh, not, not even just my mom, but just my, my, my dad as well, right? And I think, I, I don't know, like, it's actually interesting how we can, um, you know, make this work, you know. But again, it's actually, I don't know whether it's, an, it's something, something that is impressive or something that actually requires um, a deeper thought because how I've been able to make it work as as individuals where we've been able to live because religion is something that is so core to everyone's, everyone's identity for those who are for those who practice right and we've managed to a again live alongside people with different religions which is very very great but also to also partake in a way right whether it's christmas whether it's ramadan partaking away in in their celebrations or their festivities now toby i don't know what you think but i'm sure you've been to well actually let me just ask have you been to any like ramadan party or anything yeah sure um so, so like even, in, okay, even yeah and i think for two or three years from two years i think in secondary school i i lived in a muslim home so i moved i I went to stay with some of our family friends and they were practicing muslims and so i was there for the final two years of secondary school i think so yeah and like in doing that like did you ever wonder like should i be here um no to be fair like i think and this would definitely depend i feel like how you interpret and decide to process dealing with different religions or just that whole interfaith thing is also embedded in, I guess, how you are as a human being and your understanding of certain things, right? If all you, if you see things purely in black and white, and if you don't tend to try to know things for yourself, um, you mm-hmm. can be easily swayed by broad sweeping statements or perceptions about things, right? And so I think for me, I've always been a curious person. And so for me, it was just a, it was an interesting opportunity to explore what it was like. And and whenever those questions came up, it was to go find answers that I felt were proper answers, like looking in the right places, asking the right people, all of these things, right? One example I like to share is, so during the Ramadan, I, like, during Ramadan, it's a very interesting period to, to live with Muslims because they wake up at 4 a.m. to Fosari, right? And the difference I noticed was that, so I was living with these folks and it was now Ramadan and obviously they won't make food in the house. But like before, I'll just sleep and then go about my day. But one morning I woke up and I smelled what was coming from the kitchen around that 4 a.m. And I was like, <laughs> so I just strolled downstairs. I was like, this smell the, doesn't match the time. <laughs> I, no, it wasn't, no, I knew they were always eating at 4 a.m. But I didn't, I didn't wake up to eat with them because again, right. I, I thought it was part of the fasting thing. But 
you know, I went downstairs and I saw this fish they were having and I'm like, well, oh, I've been dull, you know. So <laughs> I started <laughs> So um I started to wake up and and yeah, like, you know, that was my breakfast as well. And it was de- oh my god, like they they took like that's one thing I appreciate. I think general Ramadan, people take it quite seriously when it's sorry and not to overeat or anything, but it's a special period and all this thing, and so there's a lot more effort put into it. But anyways, back to the point. I think um, you know, you you see you hear some Christians that, you know, when it comes to Ramadan, they say, oh, they can't, they can't eat the meats, they can't do all of those things. And again, I think even the Bible uh, specifies or states that it's a personal thing, right? But obviously you shouldn't do it in a way that causes another person to quote unquote fall, right? So if you as a person, you consider it okay, you, it doesn't, it's not shaking your faith or you don't think it's like, you don't, you're not reading whatever meaning someone else might read into it, then sure, it's fine for you. But if you're someone that you hold that pretty dear, then, you know, don't do it. And so I think that's one not difference but i think with christianity there's there's a there's a sort of like personal twist to a couple of things like they're standard things and i think it's almost the same thing with islam they're standard things that regardless of you know your personal opinions on it's like this is what it is and there's those things that are now like as you go almost like the dressing thing right that 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 yetene mentioned earlier um but for me back to your main question which was sort of like how to how i dealt with all of that um I went to a very Christian school <clears throat> and we didn't actually have like... What school did you like, go to? That was very life Christian. Not ISI, Life Arts Primary School. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's basically a Christian school. Really? So, yeah. What did you ah. think it was? I thought the opposite. I just thought it was like a very secular school. Like, that was why it was like that. Like what? Are you talking about Life <laughs> or Primary or Life or Junior? <laughs> and the very first one, Life. I, I don't know the difference. But the one that uh, was on that street. What street? Bodiger. That's the high school. So right, and, and, and that and that one was filled with more international folks coming back. Um, ah, folks makes sense. Their, exactly. So, but the original intention and life was itself is a Christian school, right? Um, so we didn't have we didn't have Islamic studies um, in primary school and everything. I think my first introduction to that being a subject was in ISI. Um, but also I already had Muslim friends and I knew some of their schools offered IRS or IRK, but life didn't. Um, there, there were other things that we didn't do in school like we weren't allowed to speak Yoruba which was another interesting um, point in school but anyways I need to report your school very very classic <laughs> school yeah yeah so we're doing French and German and all those things instead but yeah arguments for another day I'm joking yeah, they're not class elites yeah. they were a good school no there was there was Just something <laughs> I don't know if they've introduced it now, but I guess they had their intentions for, for what it was supposed to be like um, but yeah anyways um but yeah, so I'd say I never, like your view of, oh, so we can be, you know, friends. I think for me, that was always a given uh, based on sort of like how my community and everything was growing up. And just because whenever I had questions, I would always try to find answers um, in that sense. Yeah. Mm. So you think for you, like, uh, how, how did you, did you ever have mental frictions and like celebrating or... Yeah, so... I think I mentioned that my mom was superstitious. So when we were younger, we did take Christian food. What is Christian good. food? Sorry. sorry. Oh, like just like from Christmas. Christmas. Like, I'm sorry. Christmas. Oh, right, right, right. right. Like no, Christmas, I, I, I just Christmas, thought there was something that I had missed at some point. Yeah. <laughs> my mother's problem was even more with the Muslims, honestly, which was very weird. Yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't take from, from some Muslims. She'd be like, nope, just no. I, I don't know. But um, being serious now, um, in Islam, back to the development and back to the last prophet Muhammad. 
he actually socialized with Jewish people and other people in other religions. He didn't like stay away, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why we know about basis of everyone is family, everyone comes together. Why not? I will eat your food, you eat my food. However, we have rules. Rules being when, for example, meats, I mean, there's type of types of food that we can eat. No, we don't eat mm-hmm. pork. Um, we don't eat meat that was killed in the name of another another god that we so when we want to kill meat, I don't know if you've seen I mean, a salad ram being killed in Saladi. Whoever is killing the ram says something. What he says is basically mm. lie ram running away and maybe some other things. But the point being of killing this ram in the name of Allah. Mm. So and and I don't know, and, and you know I know I know this is big in London as well. You have halal and halal yeah. food. The halal food is actually food that Muslims can eat. That's why there's a lot food. That's why the market is even getting larger. So we can eat halal food from anyone. I mean, there might be a little conflict in the opinions there as well because they're yeah. celebrating something that we're not supposed to believe in, right? But honestly, I think the foundation is just as long as it's not the food was not killed in the wrong way. Otherwise, we're good to go. Give me the jollof rice. <laughs> give me the chicken. I'm ready to eat. Yeah. So, but you have some Muslims who are very strict. That's actually, I will say no because it's celebrating something else. Which mm. also, honestly, sometimes I feel, yeah, you know, I mean, it's not because I'm a foodie that I'm eating the food, but it's, mm-hmm. it makes sense to an extent. So I, I, I won't say I know the clear, the clear opinion there, but I know that generally you can socialize, you can be friends with them. I think I was even, big, I don't want to go as far as mentioning it, but there's this mm-hmm. community that we know is growing now that um, some people don't recognize. And Islam also, of course, we have our rules. We don't recognize, we don't recognize, I mean, it's a sin for us, but it yeah. doesn't mean that I cannot see them outside and be cordial. It doesn't mean that I have to stone you. It doesn't mean that I have to be harsh yeah. towards you. Yeah. Do you understand? It just means that our level of socializing or has a limit. Yeah. yeah, our relationship would have a yeah. limit because this is, this is my belief and this is your belief and it just doesn't do. But as exactly. a human being, our religion actually permits not permits us tells us to be kind and nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll see if you see me, if I see on the road and I need directions, I will ask you. If you see me on the road and I need directions, you ask me. I have a I have a responsibility to actually answer you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. An obligation, not even moral, even religious as well. Yeah, but I just can't like engage in your festivities or your activities. It's just not what we believe in. Absolutely. Same as the food part. So that's where like the food part it depends. But mm. generally, yes. As long as I know that it's allowed food. Just think, think it's yeah i think that this goes back to the thing i said about black and white then i think I, it's probably like a, a i won't say a defect but i think as humans mm-hmm. we just have it's easier to process things as black and mm. white like this is yes yeah. this is no so mm-hmm. and sometimes it's safer like for a child you don't need to explain to the child why like fire is hot or you should drop this here it's almost do this or do that like it's for the time being mm-hmm. as you're a child do mm-hmm. x mm-hmm. and don't do y but i think we forget to take the training wheels off sometimes and realize that even reading through scripture, reading through holy books and things like that, like things are not as, you know, black and white as we would, as we would want. Like there's a Mm -hmm. lot of thought that goes into it. And whenever you see people at the extreme level pushing things towards black and white, there's always error there. Like if if, there's always something wrong when people take things to like extremes in that sense. So yeah, that's, that's sort of like, just wanted to throw that in Mm -hmm. there as well. Yeah, and one life lesson you actually also learn as a Muslim is that there's no, everything has exceptions. 
Mm-hmm. Everything has exceptions. There's a loophole somewhere, not in a bad way, though. And the loophole being that, you know what, even if you've done this thing, as long as you didn't intend to actually, because you didn't know it was a bad thing, you didn't intend to do it, you know what, you're good to go. And then when you find out the real reason, because I believe in finding out the reason why you're doing something, you don't just tell me, oh, they said we should not do this. Okay, let's be proof. How are we, how, yeah. how are we doing this? So um, um, I always say that, just, that, that mm-hmm. um, intention, intentions are always very important. Oh, yeah, in it's everything. a major part of it. Even, 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 even just in a friendship or relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying she excuse bad behavior, but if somebody bumps into you, I always give the example on the podcast, I've heard it many times. Someone bumps, into you on, someone bumps into you on the road, on the shoulder. It's a big difference whether they did deliberately or not. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a big difference. It's a big difference in how you react. And I think it applies to, you know, in how we engage life generally as well. Um, intention to do something is a big difference. And I think the world we're moving to also disregards that too much because we are too outcome focused to, so that we can, you know, because the outcome is, the outcome is always the quantitative qualifier of what we already is, believe, the bias is. we already have. Every, everything but the, has to be quantified. But the intention is the qualitative difference between things that can make, okay, let's investigate for that and give some, some exceptions to this issue. Yep, Toby. I'm so this. I'm I'm also asking a question here, so I don't know if it's going to throw us off rails or anything. No, 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 go for it, bro. So, okay, so um, looking at this from, I I don't want to say educational point of view, but if you look through books and everything, so there generally there are three Abrahamic religions, right? So there's you know there's Christianity, there's there's um, Judaism, and then there's Islam, right? Um, and some. You know, I, I don't know what episode that we're on or talking about where, you know, for Dubai, uh, for maybe Dubai, for example, like being saying you're a Muslim in Dubai, sometimes it's more cultural, as you've sort of like alluded to sometimes, than it is like a faith driven thing. Almost almost the same thing in most parts of Nigeria. If say you're a Christian, you grew up in a Christian home, but do you practice? Is sometimes a follow up question. So I guess what I'm just wondering here is that, you know, is there some kind of segregation or I don't know how to put the word, but for someone who grew up in, say, somewhere like, maybe someone grew up in Mecca, right? Does the person look at someone who is a Muslim from a different region in, like, say, in Africa or maybe in the U.S., for example? Like, is there a certain perception that, oh, you're a lesser Muslim than I am because, obviously, I'm closer, it's more original to me and things like Just mm, wondering because right. that, that sometimes, in some way, shape, and form, occurs within, you know, the Christian body and things like that. But just wondering if that's also obtainable um i know you mentioned earlier on obviously like within the muslim community if you address a certain way that there's all that segregation but i'm wondering does it even extend far to like entire societies and views like that so that's a very interesting question <clears throat> you know um saudi arabia mm-hmm. is actually like one of the or we view it as a very holy country as mm-hmm. muslims because of the um the kaaba that's where the hajj takes place so it's a very Holy center for us. However, if you are knowledgeable enough, you would understand that half of what they do is cultural. 
what's the extent of I mean women could not even drive for how long? Yeah. Until when do you understand? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the Quran you had female warriors who were fighting, they were in the society, they were leaders. But in Saudi Arabia, they did not give them that right. But a lot of people, and which is one of the one of the ways um people have shaped Islam, or one of the places where people have tried to shape Islam from, and that's actually not how it is. Do you understand? Islam does not curb the right of a woman. And that's just an example. I'm not going to go deep into that. But <laughs> my point being, they act, and so the people in Saudi Arabia, because of the Hajj and everything, I mean, it's a very holy place. They've, not they've taken it upon themselves. They have actually have a right to see themselves. I won't say as higher people, but as closer. In fact, closer to God, that's even a wrong word. <laughs> but I think they abused it or they abuse it, which is quite annoying. Mm. And yet they do see other people as lesser because me going there now, I think I can't go to certain places without covering my head. And that's not even the mosque, because you must cover your head, which is fine. God said to what it should be on my terms, right? I have my mm. rights. But because they believe what they say, it should be fine. You know, they're actually very powerful in the world. And it's because of where they're coming from. And I mean, this, this, all these factors as well. So they do actually see people as less. I mean, some of them, not all of them. Mm. You know. Yeah. But, they do some of them do see some of us as lesser Muslims. I mean, we're favored. We have the Kaaba. Mm. What do you have? People come mm. here every year. We and I mean, if I were if I were in Saudi Arabia as well, I'd probably be proud. I'm not lie. But yeah, that does actually happen, and it's not only them. I think you have some other Islamic countries as well. Um, mm. I don't want to mention anyone particularly, but they do see other people as lesser just because they have certain resources or certain benefits connections and yeah and then you won't believe it but even in between that so you also have racism still comes in there as well even as Muslim that's what you can understand you are already close to God you're right you're already close to God you're supposed to be upholding his his Mm. rules and everything but you're still Mm. being racist you're still being being Mm. mean you're still you know stuff Mm. like that everything is in there so yes there's still that segregation by country by continent by everything it, it would always be there, sadly. Can't, can't win anywhere, can't you? It's like, just it's can't just win. Just cannot win. And what are some yeah. stereotypes that 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 about Islam that are just not the case in essence? <clears throat> the major one, I would say terrorism. So that and it's really upsetting terrorism. Yeah. I mean, now it's better. How does it feel like when you? I mean. I, let me let you explain, but I'll also add, like, how does it feel, like, when that happens and you know, like, oh, God, here's another indication to contribute to the stereotype again? Like, how, like, how do you feel personally when that happens? I'm upset. Whether I'm alone or I'm, I'm upset. And sadly, sometimes, or unfortunately, sometimes I do it when that's happened. And I have, I always, before I used to find myself different. Defensive. Like yeah. almost crying, like, what do you mean? We're all not the same. And I try to explain that these people, this terrorists, are actually not even doing what they're supposed to be. They're committing sin. Mm. Do you understand? They call it jihad, but that's not what jihad is. That's not what jihad is. But because, you know, certain people somewhere also want people to view the religion in a certain way, that is what they project onto the mm. world. And unfortunately, we, the minorities, that understand the truth and that this is not real. We're speaking about. We're not being loud, but they're not allowing us to be public with it. They're not allowing people to understand and get educated by us, of 
get knowledge from us. It's the projection they want to put out that they put out there. And so that's why till tomorrow you will have some people when you say you're a Muslim and you go to, in fact, it's even better in the UK or maybe Canada because you have people moving around now with scarves and all. But say, say go to France or Germany. Yeah, France is wild, today, yo. <laughs> it is, they just look at you like, okay, and they're taking the children and they're moving away. I've, and I've read so much about, about France, France and their, their, their yes. jihad. It said you had the, the, the Muslim. So um, I mean, we have, you have crazy people in Christianity as well. Yes, unfortunately, we don't hear as much about them as we hear about the Muslims. Like I said, because projection, what projection? It's actually very sad, Wally. It's very upsetting. I've argued a billion times, and they always find it. And at the end of the day, they just showed up because they don't want to accept what I'm saying. They, don't, they, they, they refuse to accept. Well, how does it come up? Like, who are you arguing with? Like, how does it come up? Um, for example, I can't remember. I think it was from a movie. I've had one actually from a silly movie. Right. You know, there's a lot of these movies. There was a time where these movies, actual movies, had a lot of like terrorists, and they yeah, always was, yeah, like, yeah, 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 always yeah. a Muslim, and they be like, you see, and someone, someone was like, you see, the Muslim people, and then they always try to like make 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 it seem nice to me. Like, I know you're different. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. not a Muslim. He's not a Muslim. <laughs> people say, people say, I know you're different, but... <laughs> Yo, yeah. I will tell you one specific one I just remembered now. There was this guy, he went to my secondary school, and then I think we kind of reconnected. I won't say reconnect, but we just like got talking again on mm. Twitter. He's evil, and honestly, it's just more upset me, but... <laughs> so, you know those people that pick, I'm saying, <laughs> that people that pick like just a verse or two verses from a specific out of scripture yeah. and taken out of context. I tried mm. to explain to this guy. I showed him the whole thing. He said, nope, the verse is <laughs> Like the verse is And this verse was referring to was a verse in the Quran, I think that where God was telling the Muslims to fight back yeah. against their enemies. And that part actually has to do with the Muslims being attacked First, they were chased out of their homes. They were moved away. They were slaughtered, murdered, everything. Mm. They didn't fight. It was God that was said, you know what? It's time to fight back. So go back and fight. So it's basically like the war you have, like say Ukraine and Russia. Mm. I mean, Ukrainians fought back, didn't they? Mm. Mm. Why is, is that a crime? Is mm. that a crime? It's the Russians that are committing war crime, isn't it? Which is how mm. that should have been perceived. Yeah. No, because they read scripts. The script says attack. And I'm like, so you. They will tell you to attack. Isn't there always a reason? If Putin, as ridiculous as they used today, there was a reason why he attacked, right? We all know mm. there was a reason because he had some certain fears and all that. There's always a reason why something happens. And he's telling, God is saying, attack these people. So I'm saying, read this full scripture. This guy's like, no. I, I had to block this guy because that happened like three, four times. He just ripped. And he was always going on Twitter and like, projecting it and putting it out there yeah and i used to i'm a kind of person that on twitter i don't really i just i scroll and that's mm-hmm. it but he made me tweet Tweets. I was uh, if someone makes you tweet then I yeah they really, they really must i'm have. telling you yeah. and that's just one out of like one million you have another this i mean in nigeria you have this book and everything going on it's even worse for muslims there now because muslims in the southwest right now are probably suffering or just trying to keep low because Boko Haram is killing people in the north. The southwest people are like, your people Retaliate are killing our people. And yeah. that's how, that's a lot of Christians on Twitter who you would think would be more knowledgeable or at least listen to people that are more knowledgeable. They don't want to hear it. They're just telling you, nope, it's your Muslim people. I know how many tweets have responded to, but I just said, you know what, Muslim people. 
Yeah. So 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 you know the the interesting thing, not maybe not interesting not the right word to use, but I think a lot of times you realize that people's intentions when it comes to some of these statements and things they make is just more of a display of their small mindedness than sort of like any sort of um positive you know that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah so because like again looking for easy answers and like yes if you look at like on the surface this might be like what is happening but like if you truly cared to know what was really going on you realize some of the things you're saying are quite off and very very off not even quite off so i think for me it's weird because you can say you want to ignore those things but if there are not enough voices counteracting that that would just be the main narrative that keeps you know selling mm-hmm. and things like that um and you know i think sometimes you you find out that, that even the people that call themselves quote-unquote christians that go on this tirade of trying to you know paint christianity as something better and all of these things like like for me it's the the intention is always what i'm after and i'm like okay the way you're going about it now like is someone going to look at both situations and be like okay at the end of the day everybody just puts religion away which is why our generation is becoming a lot more apathetic i think it's just a lot of these bad actors and just insensitive actors saying things that they don't understand and just doing all these things that make it a bit tricky because sometimes you're reading the bible and you're like how is this any different in some way shape or form particularly when you're reading the old testament it's like Again, like I said, these these religions were born essentially almost from the same time period. And so as much as you want to, you know, put yourself in a corner and draw demarcating lines, and although those lines exist, I think there's also quite a bit that is a bit overlapped, yeah, right? Yeah, like overlapping, so the, yeah. Exa- so the question is now, how do you deal with that overlap and how are you choosing to deal with it? Because your black and white situation is not going to work out here. So what's going mm-hmm. to happen? Um, but the thing I just want to say is I think that always just shows me more about the person making the statement than what they're making a statement about um, is what me I like to you know talk about these things of and because I think anyone I was just in, I think it was in church yesterday you know the examples of folks that are that have taken by scriptures out of the Bible out of context and built whole followings around it and mm-hmm. been been treated like uh, there's a part in the Bible that says uh, you can you pick up a snake and it wouldn't bite you and things like that so there's like a sect that before you become a pastor there, you essentially have to become a snake handler, right? So, uh, <laughs> exactly, right? So it's like, really? yeah, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I was shocked yesterday when I saw it. It's like, it was like, interesting. Oh um, and, and so many, like, you know, people drinking poison and stuff like that. So I think a lot of times, like, people, people, when it comes to religious activities and things like that, there's just some part of people that just decides to, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but it's a very, it's always very sensitive, very touchy, and people tend to be less intellectual about it and just be brain rash and silly about conversations when it comes to religion, which I always find quite interesting. Yeah, and I think that reflects. I don't know whether you just seen that video one time on YouTube that they said the greatest sin of all time, the greatest sin ever, the greatest sin possible is pride, because pride, mm. pride connects to many other things that we do. Yeah, and I mm. think it's. You. it's the i always say a lot of things are the the arrogance to come and talk about something i'm knowing pride pride is what makes you talk about that kind of thing thinking that you a have the right to but b you know everything possible Mm, that can be known right to be able to just say bam this is it right and if, if you have humility acceptance you know gratitude and the compassion 
and just self-denial, which are the basic, you know, aesthetic um, virtues of, of what spirituality should be, then you won't say those things. The other thing to mention is, like, people often forget that, you know, you know this thing called war, that we always say war, war, war. You know, like, people forget that we live in a time when, like, this, this time we're living in is weird. We're living in a period where war, war is, war is like, huh? <laughs> like what is like war right now is like huh we are so civilized it's mm. ridiculous like was so back in the day war was every, like every two or three three years any small thing like this that's the answer bro not even years bro not <laughs> even years like what was the way to communicate <laughs> you know what was the way to communicate you, you can go to war just because somebody held your bride's hand you know mm, what was yeah. the way to communicate we are so civilized now and we and we interpret interpret we interpret these things with our civilized brains because to us it's just unimaginable you know mm. and of course in those days they also spoke differently as well which is why when we spoke about the art of communication in that episode i said the fact that we have a lot more information channels now means we can be a lot more loose and a lot more wasteful with our vocabulary and our words Back in the day, when you had limited, limited um, options to a words to write in, be limited um, tools and platforms or, or scrolls to write your stuff in, your words were always chosen with care. And like you, you write mm. if you want, if you, if, if, if you want to send a, a scroll a thousand miles away, something bad going on in your village. There's a way you phrase that in mm. five lines that can communicate a lot because you've just that's all you have. But now we can chat on WhatsApp. Like <laughs> like like if I get to my point on WhatsApp, I can send five <laughs> messages. Or ten, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Always wrong. Yeah. So we we we're, we're just spoiled with this information basket that we have now, and makes us realize that back in the day, the words they chose were just like very curt and direct. And but the words, because of that, they always have like nuances in them. But but mm-hmm. they they had no chance to give us nuances because all they had in that time for communicating was just these sharp, short ways of talking. So, but again, it's humans along the line. It's hard. As we said, the easier thing is just to pick, pick what is obvious and roll with that, right? And mm-hmm. if you combine that with a lack of humility, with, a, with an excess of pride, you will not want to think beneath the lines, you know? Mm-hmm. But you spoke about Twitter, and I guess let's end in these in this, in this lines of um, social media. Um, I'm curious, and this is actually for you too, Toby, as a, Toby, as a Christian and you think as a Muslim. Um, let's talk about this self-presentation online and how you guys shape yourselves through your religions online. So, on my regular day, right? On my regular day, like on, on Instagram, I right, go into my stories. I have friends who are mostly Christian, a very few who are Muslim. And people, people post things about different things. Obviously, their coffee with their nice stuff on the side. You know, their nice breakfast with a nice caption. A, ni- a nice view. A nice view, mm-hmm. the gym, whatever, <laughs> right? But oftentimes, people don't post about religion, whether it's a Bible verse, whether it's a, it's a man talking about um, how to be a good Muslim husband. Whatever it is, right? But one thing that is separate, or one, one, one thing that is different is that I've, I've found that we all have like different ways of presenting our religious self online. And some people, and like, again, I'll go back to, Toby, I'll go back to how we spoke about online presentation. And mm-hmm. I'll use the front stage, backstage theory we used to explain yeah. that, that episode. And I'll say for some people's front stage, right, is, is they can be like myself, right? A bit more secular. 
right? You know, I don't, I really post anything religious on, on my page. Um, why, 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 why don't I? That's a question, good question to ask, but I, I, I really don't. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into, get into that. And then like some, some do it a, a little bit and, and a, a little bit, maybe not. Right. Um, and then some post like only religious content. Like I know a girl who, whenever I see like that circle coming up, like when a circle comes up, I, and, and, I know, know what's in the circle you know before the circle is pressed. <laughs> Right, and one day I was not so good that I almost guessed the Bible verse that was coming up even before clicking the circle. I'm joking, that didn't happen. But <laughs> but my point is like we have like different front state behavior online. So for you both, like what shapes your what shapes what you post about religion um, on your social media? Maybe not Instagram, but it could be any kind of social media yeah. apps. So um, for me, I think out. I noticed actually that recently, in the past two three years, we've had more Muslim content created. Yes, me too. Coming yeah. from, yeah, coming from someone who, like I said, there was a time when he was more appealing to be a Christian, so you know, being a Muslim, you'd be shy to say you want to pray here, you want to pray there. Mm. But this Muslim content creator, I mean, I started following just for one or two. Then I used to be like, I don't think I'm a terrorist or something. <laughs> stuck mm. up you know because the people are stuck up over. but as time kept going on and i still kept getting more confident in my religion and my practice and understanding what i'm doing and this content creator will also start started coming up at the same time i'm following them and seeing the messages they're pushing on just understanding that you know what i'm not ashamed of mm. i want people to know how i feel but i also remember that i still like music i like secular music i like movies <laughs> i still like dressing in a certain way that some might not approve of, although there's a balance because there's dressing, there's, you know, what they call nudity and there's, there's what they call half-dress. <laughs> you know, the way human beings scale it yeah. but So mm-hmm. I think in my own scale, I'm probably like in the middle because I there's, there's just half, there's, there's like a limit for me and there's also like a limit for covering up as well. So putting that together and the Muslim content creators and my own level of, of faith as well, which is why um, Wally, I, I'm sure you notice I put normal jokes. I also post like scriptures. I also post videos telling you jokes in Islam because yeah, I, yeah. I mean, and that's we even have more of that coming up as well because I want because mm. my whole point of posting these things is for people to actually also get like see, educated yeah. and mm. see that this is what the religion is about. Everybody knows it's there. They're cool. Isn't it friendly? Isn't it secular? I mean, mm. secular, but everybody knows I also pray. My friends know that because I impose it now. Everybody knows that. Yes, if they pray five times, they do get mm. Which means, mm. isn't it a good Muslim? Well, <laughs> 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 point being that I'm trying to let people know that my religion is friendly, nice, not backward, but forward religion. And if I, as you guys know me, can practice this and stay here and post this confidently, mm. Who knows? Anybody might, you never know who's watching. Do you understand? But you also want people to see you and know that this is how they can address you. Because mm. that's also important. I want people to know that this is how you can address me from this angle from that. Because someone might come and be like, you, you think you're a Muslim, Abi? So if someone asks me that today now, I'll be, don't ask, what's a stupid question? Don't ask me that. Do you understand? Like, you think you're a Muslim. But then they could because they do not know much. Yeah. But to me now, I'm putting enough information. So if you cannot learn from that, if I don't see that, that's, so that would tell you that there are certain questions or certain ways you can approach me. Just, just the way I see it. And then on Twitter as well, I put like 
prayers, even on Instagram from Hanako random prayers. Mm. It's just to tell you that you know what, I'm human. We all nobody's perfect. I'm not probably not following it in a hundred percent, but you can see that this is I'm up to a certain level. Yeah. I'm creating my boundary and also just telling you that this is who I am. So mm. I would say the, the content creators actually like like they're like a majority part of the influence that's pushed me to what I'm putting on social media now. And then my faith, my level of faith, and then just my the, the goal, the goal for posting it as well. So mm. I would say those three things that like what shape me. Now I'm not gonna lie, like I remember I, I know you post about this couple um who make like a lot of funny content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, like that that changed my perception a little bit. I think really? they're the first See? they're the first like they're the first like couple, married couple who you know, you can clearly see they're Muslims, but they mm-hmm. are also like just very, very funny. And mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever met any Muslim that is like that funny. Obviously, there's a numbers game there in, in the sense of most of my friends yeah. are not Muslim. Yeah. Right? But yeah. maybe if you see the content, like they are like, they have like jokes for days. I, know. I mean, bes- I bes- besides like an, besides like an actual comedian who's on stage, I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Dave Chappelle is Muslim, right? Yeah, but I mean, like just normal people like like us, like who can just be like that, you know, um, without because I've witty. always I think witty exactly mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. So I'll yeah. say yeah, that that definitely um I I, I know how I said it sounded weird, but <laughs> yeah, my words. No, yeah, no, my words. Uh... I'm actually glad. <laughs> I'm actually very glad you mentioned that because from my page. And I have a, I have more Christian friends than Muslim friends. So for my page, I've actually had a lot of my friends, even you know, doing Instagram is you don't know half of them. Yeah. But they're like, oh my God, I started following these people because of you yesterday. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm just happy because I like you said, they're seeing it from a different perspective. Yeah. Well, normal, I mean, she she has a head covered, I'm sure you remember. She yeah, 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 yeah. She also yeah. dresses on Islamic, but we're all normal human beings. We don't, you know, dance yeah. in a certain way or move in a certain way to do certain things. We do normal things, we have silly arguments, we pray, but we're all just human, so I'm actually glad. Thank you. Now I need to go and do some more research. <laughs> <laughs> Improve my business process. Uh, so, Toby, how about you? Like, as a Christian, bro, like, I know you post sometimes some stuff from you version and stuff, but like, do you, is there a thought process behind your position of yourself as a Christian online? Mm. You know, we did one of, of our off season episodes was kind of like me talking to Angela about this extensively. Um, oh, yeah. I think it was called it a page from our Christian diary. So I think for me, I've always, I was, I, I use the word lucky um, in quotation marks, but um, I think I was born into a Christian home that was um, very practical in the sense that I think there's sometimes religion is just a box that you check every Sunday, you do the things you're supposed to do and you're fine. And it's when you're feeling out your form, you say you're Christian. I think I was always introduced early on that it was a lifestyle. Like it was not a, compartmentalized part of our lives it was something that you had to live out every day but not in the spooky spooky religious way where you're like oh don't touch me don't stay in my whites but more mm-hmm. like it was your lived experience and so that's always been my vibe and i i'd always used to gravitate to people that like yes you were doing life and having fun in life and doing everything but there was still that side to you but it mm-hmm. wasn't like i wasn't dealing with two different people so that was always my problem of this whole thing hypocrisy is a strong way to say it but just having to deal with different versions of people that felt quite extreme, right? So you're one person here one day and then you're quite different in a different setting. I'm not expecting you to be the same person everywhere, but there should be some kind of 
Like, you know, when, when you're plotting a graph, line of best fit, the dot shouldn't be too far away from the central line is how, yeah. I, like to <laughs> is how I like to think about it. And so that's kind of like, so that's how I define, I guess, or choose what I do online in the sense that I want to be both in church, outside of church, within my church friends or any circle that I am in, you can, like, you know, this is Toby, right? You understand? And it, I like to make my faith, it, like, find its way into my everyday lived experiences because that's the point of, of believing in something, right? If the point of believing in God was to make heaven, then the moment you believed, you will get out of the continent, like you get out of the earth, right? But we're placed here to live and live right in that sense. So for me, that's kind of like what informs what I do. Now, do I put, you know, Jesus baby on my bio or things like that? No, some people do. And I'm like, I don't fault anybody for doing that, but I, I haven't put it. But, you know, I think for me, it's also a bit of a challenge is, to myself in that do i need to put that for people to know that this is who i am um and is there a way i can do this and people can still tell that i'm different without having mm. that label in that sense so i'm not saying it's a bad thing because you should identify with the crowd you want to identify with i'm just saying my reason for not being that sort of like upfront about it in that way um but yeah i'll post scriptures i'll post everything but not to try and win anybody over but just to show because christianity also maybe not as much as islam but christianity also suffers for some very weird perceptions in terms of who you are how you like to do life how judgmental you are about certain things and there's just this vibe particularly people that have had bad church experiences right so and i feel like there's more of a risk of that because like christianity like everybody goes to different you have your church everybody claims to be this to be that they're different denominations and so that has it like even with there's a lot of inbred issues within christianity mm. itself um and we also have the whole external thing of people from different countries as well but anyways long and short of it is for me i just try to show um and make sure that my faith is sort of like infused into my lifestyle and almost similar to yet as well to show you that look just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean X, Y, Z. Like, I'm not going to fit into any one box that you try to put me in. And, you know, I'll defend what I'm doing. Like, I can give you the reasons for what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm the kind of person, and I think even most religions encourage you to know things for yourself, right? So I think once yeah. you know things from yourself, there's a different way. You, you, you figure out that there's a way you can live out your Christianity or live out your faith. Um, that, really, well, that, that is so true. Like, knowing things for yeah. yourself, that is so true. Absolutely. I think, like, like that should be a billboard billboard signs somewhere <laughs> in front of everybody's house like new things for yourself it should be complete yeah. composure yeah. for all nigerians for all nigerians <laughs> yeah many of us just want to be told what, what to, to do, do mm-hmm. and yeah. how to do and they but, never look for the reason behind we, I, yeah I, yeah and for me yeah. it's like and i think that sometimes makes me come across as this person who just sticks conflict but oftentimes it's not because it's like I just, just I, I just, why. just tell just me why. Tell me why. <laughs> just let me know why. And Nigerians are like, no, that's just the way it is. Is it coming <laughs> from? Is it is it coming from your head? Is it coming from something you read that you that you mm-hmm. mixed up in your head, or is it coming from what you've been told? And either way is fine. But let's just, just walk let me through know. that together, yeah. right? Yeah. Be- before I then take take that from you and then go on my life, because that's for possible. me, for me, then what's down the point of of existing if you're just going to mirror the the thing that comes to you at, at face value it's it's a it's a it's a weird 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 yeah weird. anyway I think, yeah i was the point that i was going to say just to add to that point is that i think people don't realize how strong by how strong our biases can be right and you might innocently think this is why you believe something but until you question bro, why bro, yeah <laughs> until you question why and this has been this has been an age-old problem like you read about the pharisees and bible the sadducees everyone like 
there's just this thing where you can easily get blinded by your own bias and you look at everything through those lenses. But if you don't know you have those lenses on, that's like a big problem, which is why, again, Wale uses the word humble. I use the word slow down. Just like chill a bit before you jump into anything like chill, ask questions. Like better you keep a mouth shut than to just spill something that really isn't. Because mm-hmm. so, sometimes when you say something, as you've said it, you don't necessarily believe in it, but you've said it and because of that pride, you feel like you have to stand your ground. So it's like, it has now yes. come out. Yeah, so it has yeah, it has yeah, now yeah. come out so i need to we stand to behind this thing exactly where the <laughs> problem is the reason the, the reason why you said it was because of your pride now the reason why you won't take it back is because of your pride I, i'm yeah. just like i'm just like guys like <laughs> what is going on but let me let you yeah. wrap up yeah. yeah um just one last question quickly before we wrap up today um just very quickly what happens in the mosque i'm curious like when you go to the mosque <laughs> because to pray <laughs> i have no um visual understanding of what happens i know what i do know is that obviously you pray together like in a i would say in a structured congregation structured yeah. manner but is that all that happens or there's other things that happen um almost generally is a place of prayer and it goes to know um islamic events islamic events for marriage to conferences or seminars you go back to education, but right. mosque is supposed to, so more, well, not all mosques, but normally a mosque should have like a library. You should be able to read. Oh. There should be offices, like people that you can go and meet there to ask questions on religion. If you have like confusion, I mean, like every, every normal person would have any like mm-hmm. doubts, so why is this the way it is? Um, mosque should also, I don't, uh, it depends. I mean, not all mosques have this, but I'm telling you, like, the purpose of a mosque. It's not so prayer is just like the main thing that everybody needs for. It's a library, it's like an event, Islamic event center. It's a place for you to socialize and meet people actually. Mm. Um, what else? Are there, <laughs> are there like because I, I like messages as well? Where because I we do see so i do see some videos sometimes where there's like you know the imam is delivering kind of like a sermon oh yes yes so that's like part that. of the part of the prayer and Islamic event so before every prayer before every major prayer we have we call it the it's like a sermon the way you give sermons in churches i don't know how it is in the church but has that you give some we give a sermon and then we pray after. Yeah. And the sermon is obviously a life lesson like they would give in the church as well. So that comes mm. like before every prayer, but also you have like Islamic events where they just give sermons for you to learn, which is part of the Islamic event that I mentioned. So like a exactly. And yeah you also have like Quranic classes like if you want to learn Arabic, you want to mm. learn how to read the Quran as yeah. a group. Yeah. You know, you can even get a teacher from there. Like mm. I said, you can ask questions. It's supposed to have like a maybe not necessarily a mentor, Man. but like a someone you can just reach out to. Some, Some even have upline, like um yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some <laughs> even have like a, I don't want to say therapist, but just someone you can basically just someone you can reach. But it must be kind of like everything that yeah. a Muslim should need. That that it's a place where a Muslim should be able to find what they need to educate them or to uh. progress or just to practice the faith yeah absolutely like an everyday it should be part of your everyday like, yeah 
So one thing, one thing I'm just to throw in here when you mentioned about the Quran is that, you know, I think that's one place where, and I choose my words carefully here, where Christians have it easier in the sense that, um, you know, I think, and it has good and bad sides. So the fact that most, like the Jewish Bible has been translated from Hebrew into English and different versions of English, that makes it easier for a lot of people to understand. And obviously you can sort of like know things for yourself in that kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also a downside to that in the sense that some things are lost in translation. And, you know, I think it, if you want to think about it, imagine we as Christians building our faith had to go learn Hebrew to mm-hmm. actually know scripture and things like that. I think that's the, mm. you know, that's the, I won't call it challenge, but that's the, the thing that Muslims have to do a lot of times to understand scripture yeah. for themselves. Mm. Like you have to, that's why you have the Quran. Yeah. I never thought know. about that. That's mad. Yeah. That's well, a mad I'm, point. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a very mad point. I never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, it is. It's something that we <laughs> yeah. still discuss. Discuss till today because mm. the Quran was revealed in Arabic, which was the yeah. language then. And apparently, there are so many statements or words that you know. It's when it's hard to translate a word. You just find. Yeah, you can't explain yeah. it. I don't know if you have anything mm. like that in Yoruba, but there's just no right English word. And it's one of mm-hmm. the problems that we have because some people then misinterpret or miscommunicate mm-hmm. and yeah. that's why we have all those things. But yeah, I mean, it's not a challenge, like you said, but it's like a little barrier. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Then you have some slightly, I mean, the Quran is still the same though. They make sure it's the same, but so it's just the interpretation. That's why people now start interpreting wrongly, which is why mm-hmm. they usually advise that just learn the Arabic and read it yourself so you yeah. understand yourself. So whatever you're practicing like we mentioned earlier, it's like seeking knowledge for yourself. You understand mm. the why yourself. Yeah. And then if you now feel, oh, it shouldn't be like this thing. I mean, you can go out and seek more knowledge, but Absolutely. that's why they, they just say, learn the Arabic. Learn it for yourself. Uh, yeah. And to, be, <laughs> and to be fair, like in Christianity, in, in Christianity, I think for some um, churches and things, it's, it's included in a, in a kind of way that, okay, we kind of like start from the other way. Like, okay, yes, find all the translation. You can read the message, which is not actually a translation, but a paraphrase. But, mm-hmm. you know, understand the limitations of what you're doing. But then we have something called the concordance, which is, so the, the closest version that people say, okay, fine, you can use that one and then use this in addition to a concordance is the King James Version or at least the new King James Version. So sometimes the sentence as is read to your understanding it really doesn't make any sense the way it's shaped up. But they've kept it that way so that you can pick the words, go and find the Hebrew translation and see the original yeah. intent and be able to yeah. put things together. But obviously that requires a bit more study. People try to leave that to, the pastors and the senior people, I even mean, as mm-hmm. even as a, even as someone who is practicing faith, I think that's something that uh, you know Christians are usually advised to build into mm-hmm. their sort of like walk and everything. But I, I say this just for for folks listening to also understand. Like again, I I know people sometimes know about the similarities and differences, but also trying to understand you know why some things are a bit more difficult. You know, growing up as a Muslim or doing things as a Muslim and things like that. Or now, like, you know, you mentioned something earlier on about, you know, not wanting to share your faith. And that's not how you put it. But obviously, growing in a community that's surrounded by Christians and you're in the minority, there's, if it affects how you do things, right? It's almost like sometimes I think we Christians forget that, okay, if you grew up in a Muslim country, like, you would be in the minority. And, yeah. that, and that might change how bold you are or you think exactly. you are about yeah, your faith yeah. and the things you choose to do like talk to christians in in china that have to attend underground churches and you know yeah. you kind of like you can see what it's like um but yeah just wanted to throw that in there as well and it's funny how you said the language thing because i just remembered that 
I realized last year that the word sin, um, the Hebrew word for sin is um, hamatan or hamakia, H-A-M-A-R-T-A. Yeah. And, and it actually originally means to miss the mark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm, look at to miss, that. To miss the yeah. mark. Look at that. Kata is kata. K-H-A-T-A. Meaning to fail or to miss the goal. Spell that, kata. The yes. one I know is, is H-A-H-A-M-A. Well, so it depends. It could be it could be Hebrew or Aramaic, right? You know, so the Bible, the, the Old Testament of the Bible is written in Aramaic, and I think the New Testament parts of it, the original version was in Hebrew. That's another like no, actually, part of it was in Greek, Hebrew. Yeah, Greek. So, so yes, yes, so, sorry, yes. Yeah, so, Greek. so Amatia yeah, is Amatia is Greek. H A M A R T I A. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's Greek. Yeah, it's Greek. So that's that's it's, so that's yeah, ancient that means, Greek. So that means yeah, that's from the New Testament. So um, there was also so this translation problem, and we'll wrap up the episode here. But this translation problem we're talking about, even Jews in the Bible days faced it as well, because um, a lot of them started to speak Greek and couldn't speak Hebrew anymore. So the old scrolls um, had to be translated from um, Hebrew, Hebrew Greek. Into, into Greek. And there was also an issue of translation even then before we move in from. So some English versions translate from the Greek version of the Bible. Some translate from the yeah. Hebrew to English. So that is all of that. So again, I don't know. I think everybody just needs to be curious <laughs> about everything in this life because you find out how surface level anything that you think you know is. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you humble. And I think it makes you more understanding about this thing we call life that we're living because obviously nobody passed a test to live life or to get a chance to live life and so i feel like because of that if you don't choose to develop the tools to do life properly i don't know i don't know i'll leave that to anyone to figure out and i think like when i when i I learned about that origin word of sin as as Mm. amatia it changed my understanding of the of the word sin Mm. like like when i heard it means to miss the mark it changed how i understood sin because mm. we often just thought of sin as as something that that does not mirror what mirror what's on the Excel sheet of mm. of what Moses presented, yeah. right? But actually, mm. this to miss the mark means doesn't mean something separate, but it means something else. It's because like, maybe did you? It's like did you attempt to do this thing? Were you about? Were you on the way to do something and then you just maybe stopped halfway? Even or? beyond that, for me, for me, that means more of a journey of aiming, like going towards somewhere. Yeah, like trying something, yeah. a journey, and and in that journey, you're doing many things, right? Mm. And sin is when you're missing the mark consistently, so, consistently, even just one time, right? And and it tells me that we're all just aiming towards something, right? Something mm. that we can never reach because we're not perfect. And but when we're missing the mark towards that thing, that's what, mm. yeah, that, that yeah. it's not, it's not a fun no. thought, it's just, it's just. <laughs> It also connects to, and we'll wrap up here for real, for real this time, folks. If you this point. <laughs> it's also conne- it also connects to the word forgiveness. Like you actually, no, repentance, ah. sorry. No, repentance. So repentance means to actually change your mind about something. Ah. So to change, to, change the, to change your view about something. So it's, and the typical example or the way you can think about it is that, okay, God has said this. But before you asked for, before you repented, you had a view about this. But now you're changing your mind about that thing to align to what. So it's not just confession. It's just actually like a change in actually. It's a change. Yeah. Yeah. It's a change. It's a sense of becoming a new person. Exactly. Exactly. So confession, confession, yes, is one of the pathways to uh, the outward visibilities of you changing your mind. But the core thing is changing your mind and your perspective about how you're seeing a certain thing. Right. Um, But yeah. 
some which probably yeah there's definitely there's definitely a lot in there i've said <laughs> it myself that at some so i'm taking i'm currently taking like uh i say i'm taking but i haven't attended the thing in the last like three weeks but there's like a theology course i'm doing but i really want to go to like theology school not because i want to become a clergy person or anything but it's just a thing of understanding like if you've chosen if this is what you believe in then how much do you know about the thing i i, I just floating on sort of like surface knowledge and you know is yeah. that enough for you and do you want more and you know how do you find the more that you want as well um but yeah let's really wrap yeah. up here will you? and in doing yeah. that in doing that you're, you're also accepting that what you know is probably just the surface mm-hmm. level of what is possible yeah. to know mm. which is nice um but yeah, yeah um yeah to be honestly thank you so much for today i hope thank you've you enjoyed it as much me. as i hoped you will i did um <laughs> You know, I've not seen you in a minute. We haven't seen you in a minute. It's been what four years <laughs> there about. I but hopefully this year. No, it's definitely like me. I know the time that I've not seen <laughs> all my people. <laughs> really, like, I'm bad with, I'm it's, bad I know with it's, it's 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 four years, four months. Yeah, <laughs> was, I was, I remember when you were going back for your PhD. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was the last time you saw. Yeah. So um, but yeah, good to see you as well and. Obviously, we'll talk after this chat, but again, I'm glad to see your view is looking very, very flipping mm-hmm. sexy view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the words you use, my G. You and the words you use. <laughs> Let me help you guys look better. Just one more, one more, one more time. One more time. Uh, for that. But yeah, oh um, I'll, so give you the, um, I'll give you the last word on the podcast. Just anything you want to say to um, anybody who yeah. you think um, might be, you know, an, an emerging has emerging in their faith regardless of what it is might be dealing with some issues that you think you face just some word of um closure yeah. to them um i would say that for anyone who probably grew up as a muslim or even just looking at the religion from afar maybe considering whatever you think become one i just want to even know what i want to say first is that whatever you think you've, you've seen or you've done or you might know you don't know <laughs> Trust me, there's like people have, as a Muslim, believe that you can just, everything is progressive. Nothing, you can never do everything now. Nothing, you can never understand it. And don't let, don't let people talk you into misunderstanding or into like having perceptions before you even do your own research. Do your own research. There's so many resources out there. Read, ask questions. Don't be scared to ask questions for just know that we Muslims are normal human beings. <laughs> normal human beings. We are not violent. <laughs> we are we're not violent. We're all progressive. Nobody is perfect, so don't be deceived by that. Mm. Just please be kind to everyone. Be kind. Nice. Please be kind. And in doing yeah. so, P B U I. Please be unto you, my people. Please be unto you. <laughs> Please be unto you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. uh, so yeah, thank you for having me, guys. I thanks, yes, thank, thank, thank you so thanks, much. Man. Have a great day and a great week ahead. All right. Thank Goodbye, you, everybody. Right. Cheers, guys. Now, a personal note to you, our listeners, to you listening right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LOPO podcast. Now, we know that in our culture of 30-second content and quick sound bites, it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer-form discussions. So regardless of what brought you here, we are grateful for your time. Do give us a five-star rating and review if you like this episode. Also, be sure to continue the conversation with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. 
Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday, but don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Pill Pod on Instagram and at Yellow Pill underscore Pod on Twitter to stay in touch with us during the week. Once again, folks, thank you for taking Yellow Pill with us today. I'm your co-host Wally, as always, and right next to me is Toby, and we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love.